happy hump day because every day is hump day. Woohoo. We have a presenting sponsor. Oh, shit. Yeah, shit, we do. Fuck yeah. Are uh, we getting big or something? We are, yeah. Our first sponsor is our best sponsor. Fuck yeah. It's Clone A Willy. Uh, or Clone A Pussy. Or Clone A. Well, the, the company is called Clone A Willy. We tried their Clone A Pussy, which is basically making a mold of our vagina to create a flashlight. Yeah. Um, and then clone a willy. So I'm assuming they just started out with the willies where you, you make a clone of your dick. Um, and this is really good for long distance relationships, long distance fuck buddies. Birthday gifts. Birthday gifts. Oh, my God. Also, what I think was best for us, it was just a really incredible bonding experience. Yeah, I know. We got closer. Yeah. And so did uh, my roommate who yeah. filmed us and watches you this whole thing. So basically, we yesterday, we... Uh, molded our vaginas and we had to stand in this like awkward position for 90 seconds three minutes three minutes so 180 seconds oh shit I think it said 90 seconds on the thing or maybe I'm just misremembering no, it was three minutes okay well mine came out kind of nice it lo- my vagina looks like Mary Mary oh yeah <laughs> it's Saint Mary I don't know Ma- was Mary Jewish? Virgin too? Mary. Virgin Mary. Oh my God. She so was Jewish, of fucking course. Fucking stupid. Jesus was Jewish. Um, and Miriam's didn't come out that great. <laughs> Sorry. Because you d- like we put our molds in the same bowl, which you said we shouldn't do, and I was being like a lazy bitch. Yeah. And you did the your you did yours first. So it was still wet, and mine had already uh, dried. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So just learn from us. Uh, yeah. Look- don't do it together in the same bowl. Yeah. So we, we were just trying to do a two for one, but do yeah. a one for one. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. And I would recommend having someone who's good at um, uh, uh, crafts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad you at crafts. Know, you don't have to be that crafty. I think we were just lazy. It is a lot of instruction. We're very lazy. It's a, it's a process. And Ariel and I are bad at processing. We are. So it was a bit of a struggle for us. Yeah, but it was, but nice it was super fun. Like a girl's night, a boy's night, clone yeah. your dicks. Clone your dicks. I would love if all of our listeners who have penises cloned their dicks and sent them to me. Oh my God. Yeah. New campaign. DM SMH pod for Miriam's address. Yeah. Um, you guys don't have to send them to me. <laughs> anyway, if you want to buy one, we're going to put all this in the show notes, but use code Horgasmic for 20% off at checkout. Fuck yeah. What a steal. Basically free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the premier sex news podcast perhaps the only sex news podcast i hope so i feel like it is there's others but we're better there are no i mean i don't know they're like they like interview people it is true it is not a competition we're all in the same boat of talking about sex yeah but i'm trying to be rich yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway i am ariel kaplan jew i'm miriam jivotowski Jew, but a little less Jewish. Miriam Jew Vitoski. <laughs> uh, no, you are exactly as Jewish as I am. I'm just a little more educated about the customs because I work for a Jewish media company. It's pretty Jewish. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> has anyone ever told you that you're not sexually compatible with them? No. Hmm. Actually. Have you ever told someone that? 
No, but I've meant it. <laughs> like you were like, I can't see you anymore, but you didn't tell them why. Yeah. <laughs> you suck in bed. <laughs> well, somebody told me this recently. I don't know if I told you about this guy. Did I? You did, but tell uh, us. Okay, I'm going anyway. gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to I'm reading these messages because I feel like people are always trying to f- figure out how they can politely, like how they can reply to rejection, how they can reject someone in a nice way. So I saw this guy, the last episode, Miriam had asked me about this date I went on. I was like, yeah, it was great. This guy went down on me. Boom. Um, and we went on a second date and he, I had my period, so he didn't want to go down on me. Um, and he was having trouble getting hard. He said it was because of stress at work or whatever. I believed him because believable. So I invited him to my party a few weeks ago and he like didn't come. And then I just, I didn't answer him back. And then he didn't text me for all. And I was like, okay, whatever, moving on. And then he texted me. He goes a few days later, he says, Hey, Ariel, sorry, I've been MIA. Just trying to get to the bottom of what's going on in my head. I think you're really cool, but I don't want to lead you on at least any more than I might've. I'm not sure we should keep seeing each other, but I would be interested in being your friend. I hope you can forgive me for any time you wasted. Um, and I said, Oh, Hey, thanks for the text. I appreciate it. I'm a little confused cause you said you did want to see me again. So I'm wondering if I did something that rubbed you the wrong way. doesn't really matter, I suppose. And he says, I did because I think you're awesome, but I think we're not sexually compatible. And that's when I was like, what the yeah. fuck? I feel like you, both parties have to agree. Like, it's not like I can't just think we're sexually compatible and he can't. I mean, I guess. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like if you feel something, then there's something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think unless it's you must be like delusional to feel something if there's nothing. Right. And I don't think you're a delusional person. I've had other people think we had something when I was like, no, but probably they were just so bad in bed and I was good. And so that was like rocking their world and they were like shaking <laughs> on top of me and I'm like, ew. <laughs> so I explained to him, like, I'm confused because we both said we want to see each other again. Like, I don't get it like why do you think we're sexually compatible just because I was in my period and you were stressed and he was like I've been reading this book that's been helping me navigate myself right. sexually after last week it's been really helpful and I'm trying to come to terms with shit so I was <laughs> like I guess I'm glad I could help you on your road to self sexual discovery but this is just continuously happening to me where people just break up with me and I'm like oh and then that kid who ended things because of his um he was hung up on his girlfriend he hit me up again right I was gonna mouth the name and then I I know and then I did it yeah you know um (laughs) and now he's being shady again yep so I've decided that when I talk about people on this podcast that's when things go south and so I'm not gonna talk about who I'm hooking up right now wow yeah you know that quote by my I think it's my Angela who says when someone shows you who they are believe them yeah that's like I didn't know that quote but yeah yeah like if this guy's being shady, believe that he's shady and just let it go. Yeah, I'm not I'm not hitting him up. Yeah. Yeah. You're too good for that. But I do I have to say I really admire that you like had that conversation with that guy who was letting you down. Like you said you asked him why and you kind of probed you want to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. I don't ever do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's always the best thing to do like if someone is ghosting you, don't be like, "Hey, why?" because chances are no answer is really going to work unless they say actually this happened to my friend recently she got ghosted by a guy who was really awesome I was rooting for him oh we were rooting for you (laughs) I was rooting for you and he says he started talking to his ex again of like two years and that they might start seeing each other again and and then the end he was like I 
uh, I know you'll find a great guy. And that last line really pissed me off. I'm like, why? Just what, you know, what if she likes girls too? Yeah. <laughs> what if she wants a shitty guy? <laughs> Fuck you. You don't know her That's taste. so condescending. Yeah. Uh, but, but she was really turned on by his rejection to her because mm. she was like, oh my God, he's so communicative and like told me everything after he had ghosted her. <laughs> how quickly we forget but he came back um any who's that's pretty much all i've got all right end. well you already over. know this but i'll tell our fans we know listeners. everything um so last week oh oh wait actually this this extends um there's this guy i've been talking to on field let's call him max um, Max, Max, Maximilian, <laughs> and we were. I was Arielle and I were going to her place to record. We were on the subway, and I see this cute guy, and I'm like, "Oh, he's cute." I kind of register that, and then I move on. Arielle and I obviously are talking about sex the entire subway ride home. <laughs> Later, he messages me. The Max messages me on field, and he's like, "I think I just saw you on the subway," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, was that you?" And then I was like, did you happen to hear what we were talking about? And he goes, yeah, I heard the word masturbate a few times. We said it m- many times. Yeah, like a gajillion We were talking times. about a masturbation challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because I only saw this Orthodox rabbi that was in front of us. And I think next to him was the guy that Miriam was talking about. And she's like, you didn't see him? Because <laughs> he was so cute. Like, yeah, he was a hottie. Um, so last week, last Friday, I was out with some friends. And afterwards, I met up with him and brought him home. And he has, like, such a massive penis. Wait. Huge. This isn't his fake name. Oh, that's his. Oh, yeah. okay. Never mind. Never I mind, know. Never I can't know. use it. It's such a good name. I have such a good name for him. But I can't say it. But it, it's Big Dick Max. Yeah. But, like, imagine a name that isn't Max. <laughs> Big Dick Don. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> that's the name of my ex-boss and Donald Trump. Ew. Um, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Small shriveled orange dick Don. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we had sex. He had a, like I usually need to go slow no matter what size your dick is when we start because like you know. Yeah, because you're got tight a tight as little fuck. pussy. So small. <laughs> <laughs> but with him it was like really crazy. It was so big, it was really painful. And I kept being like slow, 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 slow. We used my THC lube, which helped a lot. And it felt really good, like, but it was painful. Hey, it was speaking like of that lube, you posted on your story the other day about getting shaky or something. Okay, this actually relates to the study that I'm going to talk about later. Oh, to so do, uh, uh, but uh, I can I can just say, okay, say I got this, and I'll keep listening to hear the resolution for this. Ooh, but um, I got this THC lube, and I've had two friends complain about this to me before, slightly different ways. Uh, but basically, what they've said was when they're about to come or when they are coming. One, like, loses feeling in their hands. It's like her, their hands become numb. And the other said that her hands tighten up, like, really tightly. I've heard about that and before, aside from lube. Yeah, just, like, before orgasming. Yeah, yeah. they didn't use lube. Either. I mean, no oh. one mentioned lube. They just said that. But So I was like, that's weird. That's never happened to me. I tried Googling it, and all I could find was that it was, like, an anxiety-related thing, which doesn't sound right because you're mm. coming. <laughs> so I feel like that's the one time you're maybe not anxious if you're an anxious person. But what do I know? So then I got this THC lube and I was using it and I, as I was about to come, my hands totally cramped up. Just one hand, my left hand. Um, and it was super weird and I posted about it on SMH Pod and a few people responded saying it had happened to them too. So keep listening to find out why that happens. Oh my God. 
Nice teaser. I know. All right. So it's a big dick. Right. Max. Yeah. We fucked. It was good. But again, dick too big. And it wasn't like, like I'm on field because I want kinky sex and it wasn't kinky. And I think he just didn't like, he, he didn't really, he fingered me a little bit, but it was mostly just like to prep for his dick. It felt like instead of, I didn't feel like he cared about making me come. Then why did you want to see him again? Because I actually just really liked him. Like I liked uh. hanging out with him. But then, yeah. So last night we were supposed to hang out. I told him to come around nine at nine thirty. He texts me and he's like, Hey, like what's up? And I was like, you want to come over an hour later? He's still not here. So I was like, dude, um, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> and he was like, I just got off the M which is like a 15 minute walk from my apartment. And I was like, too bad. <laughs> and then he texted Savage. me. I know I fell asleep. And then this morning I woke up and it said probably shouldn't, he had texted me saying probably shouldn't try this again. <gasps> I'm like, whatever. I'm not responding to that. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised he texted you that. Yeah. Wow. I think he wants me to fight for it because he said probably, you know. Oh, like if I'm yeah. like, oh, no, please, but I'm not going to beg for that. I don't need that shit. Well, what if? What about just being friends with him? No, fuck no, that. You I don't, don't need an. Yeah, you have a lot of friends. Yeah, I need punctuality in my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm so unfunctional. <laughs> yeah, but like so, some people are worth waiting for. Aww. <laughs> and there's a difference between being like 20 minutes late and like an hour and a half. Yeah. Than I expected you to be. Yeah. And instead, I woke up this morning and went to the gym, which I wouldn't have done if I'd had sex with him. Good riddance. So, bye. Yeah. Dick too big. Too big. Never thought I'd say that, but it's too true. damn big. I had a dick once that was so big, like the whole thing just couldn't. It was like he could, was just putting the tip in. That's how it felt like at the beginning. And then at one point when I, I like had come already and I was like coming again. And he's like, you're taking it all. You're taking it all. And I was like, what? <laughs> How is that physically possible? Well, okay. well, was, was his whole penis going inside? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're taking it all. Yeah. How? What do you mean? Is that physically possible? I was surprised because it's so. Big. Oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I stretched you out. Yeah. <laughs> Heated up the oven, I guess. Um, I heard that Field was originally a threesome app, mm-hmm. and so it's not. And now they've rebranded as a kinky. Yeah, uh, it's there's still a lot of people looking for group sex and threesomes. It's a little more like just non-vanilla sex, though. Mm. There's, and then there's some people like this guy uh, that I've been encountering a lot right, lately, which are guys who are on the app because they're looking for like horny girls. Yeah. Which is fine. But like, I want a daddy, you know, horny girls only. Yeah. Um, We can make an app. Call me daddy. <laughs> Call her daddy should really make the app. We should make an app, find Miriam a daddy. (laughs) (laughs) FMD. Yeah. All right. News? Hello, sluts. And welcome to Sex News. All right. Before we get into news... Um, well, this is part of news. Yeah. We want to talk about something that we spoke about on last week's episode. And by last week, I mean two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it was the uh, Golden Showers and Wildflower Drama episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let my articulate co-host <laughs> take it away. Oh, gosh. All right. Yeah. So last week or two weeks ago, we talked about the Wildflower story. I'd like to point out the day we recorded it was the day the story came out. And... There's been a lot of development since then that I'll get into. But before I do, I just want to say that I think we, what's the word? We addressed this on Instagram, but I want to address this on the episode, mm-hmm. in our episode too. 
the way we covered it was a little was insensitive to the people who've been affected by this we mm-hmm. were kind of excited about the drama of it all rather than focusing or talking about how this was painful and a harmful experience to these women especially women who've like dealt with so much bullshit in this community already mm-hmm. well so basically if you didn't listen oh. to the episode um wildflower sex is a sex shop run by two non-binary uh folk in a relationship nick and amy um and in short they were taking advantage of was it five or six i believe it was four. Oh, four. Okay. and then one person hadn't been in contact with them they just had commented on the experience okay so so four black femmes uh were being taken advantage of by wildflower sex and then they uh a few of them got involved with unbound which is one of our favorite sex uh stores yeah um sex companies and um because of the previous drama that we have reported on in the episodes masturbation and fetish um wildflower has a huge vendetta against unbound um and so then they started lashing out at these black women who they had worked with for working with unbound and really just like fucking them over um so they came out with this article called uh, don't disrespect black femmes mm-hmm. and it's on medium they each each of the women detailed their really bad experience about it um and so like miriam said we were excited to talk about this because it was just like the story in the sex community sex social media community um and i didn't know about it so we were like oh yeah fuck wildflower again <laughs> like what did they do now um and so we really want to just take a moment now to uh explain in like in a in another layer of what was going on and how it really affected these women and not just the salacious drama about it yeah yeah and um we really highly encourage you to read the article yourself because it was just so long it's a 30 minute read like mm-hmm. we couldn't potentially cover it perfectly accurately yeah but we just want to bring it to your attention so it's in the show notes um and as are all the handles of the women involved yeah yeah and so basically wildflower has been disrespecting and pretending that they're like an intersectional brand when really they don't give a shit about these black femmes and don't Mm -hmm. pay them and trying to fuck up their professional um opportunities because of their association with unbound and other quote-unquote morally compromised um companies but since then wildflower first posted like an instagram post that day responding kind of apologizing and saying that they would donate which was kind of what we had recommended they do yeah Um, well well, let's talk about this so we we were thinking like oh my god how did they not say anything like maybe that like one thing they could do is donate a percentage of their profits to um organizations that help black femmes and then we realized that just throwing money at the problem is not gonna fix it um it is helpful but that's not like the only thing that can be done or should be done yeah and at the end of the day that was a suggestion from us but we're not here to say what they can and can't do to make things right like yeah. if they want to make things right they should be talking to the people they've hurt mm-hmm. and see what they can do to yeah. make things better but yeah so they posted something on instagram then they deleted their instagram and twitter whoa yeah what i then, didn't know that yeah then they it was like there were rumors that they were going to move from new york what yeah Th- i mean to be fair what they did was fucked up and the way they've handled this whole situation was fucked up, but people were really f- like misgendering them on purpose, being really oh. mean to them in ways that these women who wrote the article like didn't want people like they were, they kept writing on Instagram, please don't like bully these people, just hold them accountable. Jesus. And people got pretty intense. Then they 
came back to Instagram and released a their own medium post in response to the Dill Don't Disrespect Black Fans. And it was honestly atrocious. Like they just basically listed out 15, 20 items where they talk basically tried to say that these women were lying and uh, discredit them and dismiss what they were saying. And it just was like, dude, just take accountability for your actions. Like, okay, what they did wasn't okay. They fucked up and it was a bad fuck up and they were being racist and they need to, they were trying to use these black people to uplift their brand and to uplift their image. But like, you can learn from that. You can be better. You can, you know, you have this power. Now you can go back. You can't go back in time. You can't change what you did, but you can move forward and you can make this better if you listen to these people, if you talk to them and try to make it better with them. But instead they're just, they're leaning into their yeah mistake. It's super shocking that they did that because I would think they'd go into full crisis PR mode and like, try and make amends even if it seemed fake yeah like which which even if it was fake that would have been smarter of them right. to do right like what are you doing yeah what <laughs> who who is their PR manager I know I yeah I don't know what they were thinking what they were doing and it was just upsetting because it was like these people they're not they don't understand they're not taking any sort of accountability they don't understand they don't care about understanding in the article they say Google is a ethically moral company Bitch, like, I in the past week, so many articles have come out of employees who have been mistreated at Google, including a pregnant woman who had been dealing with discrimination at Google. There's been race accounts of racism. Like, Google's not a morally good company. Wait, and this is relevant because they, they because work with Google. Nick, one of the founders of Wildflower, works at Google. Right. And they are, and that wouldn't be relevant. Un- it's only relevant because they're walking around saying that Unbound is morally compromised because they're taking money from these investors but it's like google literally owns the world owns all of our data and only cares about making money so like so <laughs> causing up. housing crises in san francisco and shit like they're morally compromised i mean i'll work for them this I is don't so care. bizarre <laughs> they're still white like yeah and they have all the privilege that comes with that they're still wealthy fucking nick works at google and probably makes with the someone posted the glass door salary for his job what it's is like that? 140 to 180k a year oh wow like they got money yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. they got money they got whiteness so even though they've definitely faced adversity for being queer for being in porn yeah still fucked up yeah um but all this is to say the black femmes who wrote this article have do a lot for the community as, as i said some i mean all of them are great you should follow all of them but i fucking love ashley chubby bunny all right playing favorites <laughs> and lisa Slipson. um they're great and Evian and Black Girl Manifest both have podcasts. We'll link to them in the show notes as well if you like sex podcasts. Um, This is all in the last episode as well. Yeah. I think. Um, All right. We are going to move on. Oh, well, actually, one more thing. What we learned from this experience is to be more thoughtful when we're reporting on something that's more controversial especially when it's closer to our community right um but because this is a sex news podcast we know that actually in judaism there's <laughs> a saying that things that are taught with humor resonate more mm. um i like that yeah dr ruth said it the other day Aww. yeah which i thought was really interesting so she's like talking to these comedians and she's like keep doing what you're doing like to seth meyers like you're when you talk about politics it's really helpful because people um it's easier for them to uh 
to digest it. So we're not going to not be funny. Yeah. <laughs> but we will be more careful in how we report things and um, try and reach out to people before we talk about it. Sometimes that's not always possible. Um, and if y'all want to give us money, it can become possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Closing that chapter. All right. <laughs> Hit me with your news, baby. Okay, I like this first one. Former Disney kid Bella Thorne is now director of porn film. Uh, Her and him. Wait, USA Today reports. What did what was Bella Thorne in on Disney? I have no fucking idea. I I only know her as like a sex object. Yeah, (laughs) and like a bad bitch. She's cool. Oh, she was in a show that we don't know. It's called My Own Worst Enemy. Ooh, that's and Big Love, and Shake It Up. Shake It Up. I she heard was about that C.C. One. Jones. I, so Pornhub has this Visionaries Director Visionaries Director series. Um, it's really um, high HD, like super well-produced videos. And um, they have famous figures. So Bella Thorne, I think, is their most famous one. The two others that they've done were with Young M.A. and Brooke Candy. And I don't know, I don't know them. They're artists. Um, so the idea is to bring in, well, m- famous people to make these pornos to like give more mass appeal. Yeah. Which is cool. But actually, Bella Thorne had been shopping this around for a bit. Um, it's about Romeo and Juliet, and it's going to be shown at the Odenberg Film Festival in Germany. Ooh. Yeah. Um, usually these are free when they first come out, and then you have to pay premium to watch. And I'm going to say I didn't love the last two. Um, mm. But I'm looking forward to this one. Back to you, Miriam. Lit. Okay. The Journal of Sexual Medicine did a study. My fave. And they found that people who spend more time doing cardio workouts, such as running, swimming, and biking, have fewer physical sex problems, such as erectile dysfunction and low arousal, than those who do not do cardio or do it less often. Is this why you went to the gym today? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've Ever since I read this, I've been running like three times a week. <laughs> So they surveyed 3,900 men and 2,264 women who biked, swam, or ran for exercise from various English-speaking countries, including the U.S., U.K., New Zealand, Canada, Australia. Men who burned over 8,000 calories each week had a lower risk of erectile dysfunction by 22%. So they were 22% less likely to have ED. Basically, I only date boys who don't work out. Yeah, stop doing that. (laughs) Women who did more cardio said they had better orgasms and they were more satisfied with their orgasms and able to get aroused more easily. I have to work out. Um, Some caveats here, though. This was self-reported results. They just did a Um, survey. And they only looked at people who were already doing cardio. So it was more about, like, are you doing less or are you doing more? Oh, yeah. They they need a control group. Exactly. Back to you, Arielle. People who use more emojis have more sex and get more dates, Psychology Word. Today reports. And this is by Justin LaMiller, who is one of my mm. favorite sex researchers. Mm-hmm. researchers. Um, this was published in PLOS One, P-L-O-S One. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but this comes from the Kinsey Institute, so it's legit. So they surveyed, I mean, they, they did two studies. Um, one, they... Analyzed data from 5,000 Americans, uh, ages 18 to 94, 87% were hetero, uh, 62% were white. Um, So they took this survey asking if they use emojis and also about their sex and dating life. And the results show that 38% of uh, these people did not use emojis, 29% hardly did, 28% regularly did, 3% did in every text, 
and 2.5% sent more than one in every text. Like, chill. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's too many emojis. So why do people give emojis? They they think that it gives their messages more personality. It's easier to express their feelings. Communicating is faster and because it's trendy. Trendy, trendy. I had to explain um, emojis to my therapist the other day. I was <laughs> talking about like flirty emojis and I was like, so I sent a squirt emoji and he was like, <laughs> squirt, like what do you mean? And I was like, you know, there's like three raindrops. It means like I'm wet, like I'm horny. And I was like, and then the guy sent back an eggplant and a squirt and that means that he's erect (laughs) um so the results from that study basically showed that uh the more emojis emoji users go on more first dates um in the past year and have more sex wow now the smaller survey this only had 275 adults and this was just to replicate the first findings which again it was like a a meta-analysis so in this one, the ages were 18 to 71, 84% were hetero, 73% were white. So this is more white and hetero than the last one. Um, emoji use was more common. Only 3% said they don't use emojis with potential dates. Fucking losers. Yeah. And in contrast to the first study, emoji use was not linked to mer- more f- first dates but it was linked to more second dates Ooh. so i feel like you go on the first date you're like let's see what this is all about and then the second date you're like squirt 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 <laughs> fuck me uh peach Pe- no, no, just <laughs> peach taco remember we talked about the taco emoji oh, yeah, Ew. Weirdos. <laughs> don't use tacos um uh, did i just say this like the first study emoji use link was Emoji use was linked to more frequent sex and more sex in the past year. I don't know. I think I, you said more first dates. Okay. Well, that that was the second finding. Um, and then after the first date they go on, there's more emoji use. And then uh, these people are more likely to have kissed and fucked their partner and gone on a second date and entered a relationship. Wow. Um, that being said, the limitations here are the authors didn't assess which emojis they were using they only looked at sending, not receiving. Mm. So LaMiller suggested that future studies should exa- examine how the emojis are being perceived by others. Right. Um, yeah. I like getting emojis, but only when there's text included. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever have like a purely emoji exchange with people? Like, no, but I, I can tell you I do. <laughs> with with like a squirt and then like a happy face and then like a peach and then like a tongue out face oh you know? <laughs> yeah and you're like we're having a conversation right now aren't we <laughs> yeah so so the bottom line of all this is that people who use more emojis are better at forming connections with others because emojis can show that someone is more emotionally expressive you are expressing your desire to have sex with that person um engaging in self-disclosure and people who use them have an easier time building intimacy. So AKA these are just all the basis for having a better relationship and sex life. Yeah. Using peaches. Yeah. (laughs) Back to you, Miriam. All right. There's, so you know that Ikea app where you can visualize like Ikea no. furniture in your no. house? Oh my gosh. Okay. There's this, <laughs> Ikea released this app well, like years ago. you work for ago. an app company. I'm like, how could you not know about this app? <laughs> but it's basically, uh, Ikea had this technology where they use augmented reality so you can picture what one of their pieces of furniture would look like in your house. That's really cool. So this app came out. It's called Every Single Sex Toy by Third Aurora. And it's like the Ikea app for BDSM people. 
who want to see how BDSM furniture will look in their house. Oh my God. So you're able to visualize what like a sex wing, which isn't really BDSM furniture, will look like in your home or like a cross that you're going to crucify yourself on. Oh my God. Is that a common BDSM furniture? A cross? Probably, I don't know. Maybe in like religious households. Two oh, for wow. one. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. So you can, it's kind of like the Ikea app for sex stuff, That's which hilarious. I dig. I wonder how many people are downloading that. I know. I, I haven't even tried it yet, but I will. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to put in here. <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, Ariel. Okay. There could be a chlamydia vaccine in the coming years, a promising news study suggests. Fuck yeah. Time magazine reports. So this was the first ever human trial of the chlamydia vaccine, and they suggest that it is safe and effective. Um, so just a little background on chlamydia. In 2017, there were 1.7 million cases um, compared to 550,000 gonorrhea. Damn. That's fucking insane. Yeah, chlamydia is a popular one. Yeah, and I think, um, not I think, it chlamydia is harder to diagnose because it can be really asymptomatic in people, especially women. Um, but over time, if you have it and you're, you don't get diagnosed, it can raise your risk of infertility. You can get chronic pelvic pain. And especially for women, you become more susceptible to other infections like Damn. HIV. Um, yeah. So this trial had 30 women ages 19 to 45. And the vaccine that they tested wasn't actually used to like see if it could get rid of chlamydia. I, like these women didn't necessarily have chlamydia, but it was to assess the safety and ability to trigger the antibodies um, needed to fight off the bacteria that like causes the chlamydia. Um, so it did work. And the only side effects were like the injection pain and temporarily impaired movement, which they didn't really elaborate on, um, but it sounds not so bad. Um, so the vaccine led to higher levels of vaginal antibodies and the next trial will test the efficacy of vaccine in the next couple of years. So this isn't going to happen Oh, really anytime, anytime soon. No, but it's exciting that yeah. it is on the horizon yeah. and it's going to be the same shit with like how people are so scared to give their kids, um, Gardasil, the, the, yeah, the HIV That's vaccine so because HPV. HPV, because they think if you give it to a kid then they're like, oh, now I can go fuck around. I mean, yeah. I remember when I got the Gardasil shot, I was like a little kid. You're like 12. Yeah. And my mom was like, she explained to me what it was and she's like, it doesn't matter for now. It's for later. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I felt kind of cool. I was like, ooh, an adult drug, but like, I don't need it now. And I don't, but I mean, my arm hurt a lot. It was a, yeah, yeah, it was horrible. And it's like, you had to get three or four yeah, of them. Three. Um, I fucked mine up. My mom fucked my mom. Sorry, mom. And that's why I had to get four. Uh, <laughs> you had to like, you know, wait installations. Yeah. Back to you, Miriam. <laughs> All right. Porn is on blockchain, says the headline. What does that mean? Finally. So there's a new type of um, cryptocurrency called SpankChain. Oh, the company is called SpankChain. They're creating a new service called SpankPay, which they hope will be the go-to payment for internet porn. Huh. If it takes off, it would allow porn companies, porn stars, and sex workers to accept payment through cryptocurrency. And Spank Pay would only take 0.05% of the cut wow. of payments, which is a lot less than a credit card company would. So um, now we have sex sex money, huh. basically. If you guys don't know what blockchain is, I know what it is, but not well enough to explain it to you. And I don't <laughs> But at all. it's basically a decentralized way of spending money. So instead of 
having to go through a bank, you don't have to. Okay. And this is too complicated yeah. for me. <laughs> That'll be for our next episode. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Blockchain 101. Back to you, Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> Blockchain and BDSM. Uh, there's massive pressure to please her on the... Good. On the discursive production of men's desire to pay for sex journal of sex research discursive what does discursive mean discourse yeah but it i copied and pasted this headline and i thought oh did i type this wrong but it was you see discursive production i don't like that word fuck it anyway this is just a new study that came out a few days ago um so it was based on 43 men's narratives about paying for sex um and it was conducted via online interviews and in person so the paper argues that sexual pressure is placed on men to perform well sexually well and bad produces conditions that make paying for sex for them desirable that makes sense so basically paying for a sex worker becomes their sex space for sexual exploration and i found this really interesting i will note that it i couldn't get the full study so i was only reading the abstract and this is all kind of vague um but interesting enough for me to share so why do they feel like it's a safe space they don't feel the pressure uh the expectation to be sexually experienced or to have the skill and stamina because it's on someone else right um so men value paying sex workers as an experience to become better and bad. And the paper discusses the value of addressing the broader social structures like media, online spaces, medical industries, where heterosexual discourse on male sexual performance can be reproduced and maintained. We're mm-hmm. just like providing more safe spaces for them. Um, they obviously feel uncomfortable and ashamed to talk about their performance, which can lead to a lot of horrible things like sexual assault and rape and like just learning from bad porn what they should be doing so this is just good to know that they want to learn and they feel like the only place they can do that is like you don't have to spend money to learn however this also addresses the importance of sex workers as Mm -hmm. not just sex figures but like i don't know life coaches totally yeah and i you know, I'm obviously very into BDSM. I love being a sub and I love being a dom too, but it definitely is more of a selfless role. Like when you're a dom, you're responsible for this person's pleasure more so than your mm-hmm. own. And uh, when I'm on those apps looking for like a daddy, I find a lot of guys who are like, I'm a switch, but I really want to explore my sub side. And I'm like, okay, pay me then <laughs> because I don't want to do that for free if I don't love you honestly um but i haven't gotten there yet well but that's not that's not what you're into but other people do want a sub and then they don't feel like they they need to be paid right right yeah so just don't go out i mean i am into it with certain guys that i like i think with that i need to care more about the person you know (laughs) just imagine you messaging them and you're like how dare you put this in your bio (laughs) you must pay me before you even read that shit fuck you pay me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right back to you miriam all right so we all know or at least you and i both know the company lilo yeah great sex toy company so they're a uk-based sex toy company and they give their employers four days off a year on top of their vacation days to masturbate Woo. they're called self-love days 
And the whole point is that they want to normalize masturbation. And I think this is really great and it makes sense for a sex toy company. I was just thinking how crazy would it be if they did that at like our companies, you know? I <laughs> cannot imagine. But that's the future of sex. I guess that's just like what a personal day is. But I like <laughs> that they call it a porn, like a masturbation day. Like <laughs> You go home and you masturbate all Wait, day. But now that's what I am only thinking that my personal days are. Yeah. Oh, but I don't get personal days. I, have I know, me neither. Sick days and work days. Yeah, I don't understand like personal days, vacation days, like what the fuck. Yeah, because you still have to request in advance for your personal day. Like, what's the difference? I have no idea. At least for me. Anywho, study. And we done. Time for the studies. Okay. Okay. This is a crowdsourced poem. Wow. So I didn't really write it. I just kind of put the puzzle you pieces together. It. Mm-hmm. it feels like there's many fireworks going off in my vagina. Waves of pleasure, crashing waves, like a massive sigh of relief. It feels like my body is saying to me, there you go, girl. A slowly building avalanche that releases any previously held tension in my body. It feels like a tsunami of heat and pleasure. The happiest sneeze, heaven, a tickle. It feels like every single part of my body relaxes and melts into the core of the universe. Warmth and happiness flowing in my body, and also like I have to pee. It feels like my whole body is happy on the inside. Boom. That's so, beautiful. Yeah, this is my followers. Thanks, guys. That was super cute. Um, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about orgasms. orgasms. What does an orgasm feel like to you? Oh, my gosh. Wow. That, that's the question that prompted these answers. Yeah. Ah, now I feel like it has to be poetic. No, nah, it, <laughs> it just feels feel like, like, like my whole body shaking and everything feels good. And like, I don't want it to end. Yeah, it sucks when it ends. But like, even for me, at least, you know, I'm kind of hyper orgasmic. Yeah. But when I come, if it's like a crazy orgasm, I come for a while. Like I can come for like a few minutes. Minutes? It's like, because I come, there's like the, the grand coming the grand orgasm. Yeah. But then there's like post-orgasm waves that kind of keep going <gasps> for quite some time. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, to be in your body one day. <laughs> for me, it's... Uh, somebody somebody mentioned like a lot of concentration and then explosion and relief. And that's how I feel sometimes. Like when I'm... Sometimes I really need to concentrate on it. Like I'm um, squeezing my eyes and just like really like come on like I'm jump I'm getting over that hump mm-hmm. and then it's like I it's just yeah next fucking explosion in my head that just goes everywhere in my body and uh yeah and it's like your brain tickles yeah I love that part it's insane I honestly feel bad for dudes because their experiences don't sound like this <laughs> um Okay, you want to go first? Yeah, so I, this wasn't really a study. It was more like talking about a bunch of studies, but it's the biology of the orgasm. This was done by RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology. Cool. So just a disclaimer, a lot of the language in the study is very binary, like female, male. Of course, there's people who are intersex. Mm-hmm. There's people who don't identify in those um, those binaries. Ca- categories. Yeah, those categories, but... Uh, just to make things easier, I might use those words, but I don't mean to um, exclude people, so I'll do my best not to. 
Okay. So there's four stages of sexual arousal. The first is excitement. This can be initiated by many different types of stimuli, including visual, such as pornography or seeing someone naked, physical, such as kissing, licking, biting, and psychological, dirty talk, or you're in the right environment. And the stimuli leads to an increase of parasympathetic activity in the pelvic region. You're giving me major ASMR vibes. Oh my gosh. You're talking like so. Because <laughs> I'm horny. Okay. <laughs> Whenever I'm horny, Let's I talk really it. slow. Um. Yeah. Uh, so the parasympathetic system is your relaxed <gasps> system. I'm so relaxed. And I'm not going to get into this right now or okay. today, but sex is really interesting because it's a combination of your parasympathetic and your sympathetic systems kind of going, taking turns with your body which is really cool. So sympathetics, fight or flight, parasympathetics, chilling and eating and stuff. So during the excitement phase, people with penises get erections and their, I wrote, PP tip gets wet. LOL. <laughs> I thought that was funny. What I mean is the tip of your penis will start to generate pre-cum. Mm-hmm. Uh, people with vulvas will have an erect clit and start to lubricate and their breasts will get fuller and nipples mm. will become erect. Do you feel like your breasts get fuller? I've never noticed it before. Yeah. But I think next time I have sex, I'm going to look out for it. Yeah. My nipples definitely get erect. Yeah. Just rubbing <laughs> your nipples. <laughs> and this all and occurs in seconds without any conscious thought. So you're not like, oh, I'm sexually excited. Like, it just happens. Yeah. The second stage is the plateau. So many of the functions of excitement are maintained. The clitoris might become highly sensitive and retract under the clitoral hood to avoid stimulation. That's mm, the man in the canoe. It hides. Uh, this one's interesting. The vaginal walls will turn dark purple. Oh. I'm assuming it's just because of the blood flow. Yeah. But I thought that was cool. Okay, this one. This is a blowjob tip, you guys. The testicles draw into the scrotum. That's always how I know someone's about to come when their testicles are going inside, like oh. going in more and getting smaller. I'm like, oh, this bitch is about to come. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some people might... Ex- oh, this is the... Answer to the hand well, issue. If you guys stayed here for the ride, yeah, here's the, here's the release. Yeah, here's your You've orgasm. Your destination. <laughs> Some people might experience muscle spasms in the hands and feet and face because muscle tension increases during the plateau phase. Oh, interesting, right? There you go. And mind you, I did a Google search to try to find the answer to this, and I didn't find it. So I don't know why it's so hidden. We gotta hit that SEO. Yeah, that SEO. No one's searching for this. Your heart rate quickens and your blood pressure rises. So it's kind of like you're working out. Yeah. Stage three, the long-awaited orgasm. (sighs) It typically only lasts a few seconds. It's by far the shortest phase. Mm -hmm. Uh, So people with penises will feel a contraction of the prostate and seminal glands, produce secretions that enter the urethra and mix with sperm to create semen. Mm. Ejaculation occurs as penis muscles rhythmically contract. The names of these muscles are... Ischiocavernosis and bulbocavernosis. Mm, these were named after men, probably. Vulva havers will feel the muscles of their vagina and uterus contract, and these contractions that are occurring in the penis and the vul- and the vagina and uterus are the source of pleasure in the orgasm mm-hmm. because it's a huge release of muscle muscle tension that was built up during that excitement and plateau mm-hmm. phase. Then the last phase is resolution. Your heart rate and blood pressure return back to normal. And then relaxation and fatigue is common. So we all, I, anyone who's had sex with a man knows they all fucking fall asleep after yeah. they come. <laughs> why, did you know why they why they sleep harder than we do? Um, I'm not sure. I feel like it almost makes me more energetic. Yeah, I know. 
Uh, most male- males cannot achieve sexual orgasm, sexual arousal or orgasm during this stage. They're done. Some females can. Um, and this doesn't really have to do with the stages of orgasm, but I thought it was interesting and was in this reading. Individuals who are paralyzed below the waist can still orgasm. Hmm. So this is achieved through stimulating the nerves just above where the person is paralyzed, which I thought was fun and exciting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if we have anyone in that category who listens. I hope so. Reach out. Let yeah. us know how you're coming. Yeah. Email us, the smhpod at gmail.com. There, there it goes. Okay. My turn. So Miriam actually sent me this article that Clue app wrote. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, And it just talks about the types of orgasms. And they gave a little bit of history of the female orgasm. Oh, and this is all about women because we're sexist. Yeah. Um, So just a little background info. The female orgasm has obviously always been taboo. Freud, my mother's icon... (laughs) popularized the idea that women who have vaginal orgasms are mature and women who have clitoral orgasms are immature. (laughs) Wow. So people, because Freud was such an authority. Did you know this? I didn't know this. Oh, okay. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, Fuck you, Freud. When I learned about this, I was like, mommy, what the fuck? (laughs) Mommy. And she was like, he was a man of his time. (laughs) (laughs) So a sexist piece of shit. Exactly. Couldn't make women She was like, not everything he said was great, but she wasn't going to like like denounce yeah yeah i denounce Freud. she literally has a shrine to him (laughs) um so because he was such an authority uh vaginal orgasms became just so rooted in society that being unable to orgasm vaginally through heterosexual heterosexual sex became a diagnose a diagnosable condition in the dsm-3 oh my god we're now at the dsm-5 i'm pretty sure so like that was a while ago and it's no longer the case still okay so um, the first type of orgasm that Clue addresses is the clitoral, which you do the by most important orgasm. Yep, simulating your clit, <laughs> the easiest way to have an orgasm. We've talked about this before, but in 2017, the study of a thousand women showed that seven out of ten heterosexual women said they need clitoral stimulation to orgasm. It could be vaginal plus clitoral, but definitely always clitoral. Um, and some people don't like direct contact. Miriam, you don't... I like direct contact with my finger. I do not like direct contact with the vibrator. Like an overstimulation. Yeah. And that's cool, too. (laughs) She's in the minority of women who can uh, come maturely. Yeah. Because you're mature and I'm immature. But usually, if I'm going to come vaginally, I need to have come clitorally first. Ah, okay. I'm realizing. Interesting. I, I would say that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. It, but it does make sense, you know. <laughs> All right, second, vaginal. Um, the the article actually says they don't know exactly why it's caused, um, because it could be hitting the G spot or indirect stimulation of the clit. Mm. Um, and I guess that's kind of hard to study in a lab. Um, so in that same study that I just referenced for the clit, less than one in five women can orgasm through vaginal stimulation alone. And the G spot in itself is really debated because they don't know if it's, it's an, if it's like its own organism or it's like the, the back or like an extended version of the clitoris. And some people mm-hmm. think it doesn't even exist. So LOL. we don't know. Um, this one wasn't on the list. It was on a different one, but the blended orgasm, yes. uh, which is when one more than one erogenous zone is being stimulated. So it's not just your clit and your g-spot slash uh vagina it could be like your clit and your nipple or nipple and whatever yes 
Um, and that's just because more stimulation equals more blood flow equals bigger orgasm. Um, anal, also not on the list. Uh, this this came from like Women's Health Mag or something, as did the blended. Um, so the anus and the rectum are close to the vagina and clit, and they have a lot of the same nerves and muscles as the pelvic floor, which is really sensitive in women. It can trigger a vaginal orgasm or anal. So what they said. So this is a little bit confusing, but I think it's just back to the blended, where mm. when you're being stimulated more often, it, um, yeah. All right, what? Well. I just want to say what I've started doing when I masturbate and I didn't always do this is I have two fingers in my vagina, one on my clit and then the pinky goes in the into butt? the butt and it feels so good. Wait, two in the, literally two, on two the cl- in the pink, one in the stick. So you're, you're using, um, <laughs> two, two hands. hands. Okay. Yeah. It's a focused effort, but it's worth it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's the future of a sex toy. You know, <laughs> like you, you all get, three. Yeah. <laughs> But that would be really hard to make it have to be like custom made. I know, yeah. LOL. Um, all right, exercise induced orgasm, aka the corgasm. Yes. I actually know someone who experiences this. Oh my god. She like whenever she works out. Not every time, but when she goes hard, sometimes she'll come. Um, so Debbie Hermetic, my old human sexuality teacher, first studied this and I think she has a whole book on it. Wow. Um and so Okay, so the exercise-induced orgasm, it can happen when you're weight training, cardio, but usually like ab-focused exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sex and exercise both stimulate the muscles um, around the genitals, which leads to increased blood flow. And exercise also influences our mood through endorphins um, and like other neurotransmitters like sex. So it's all like very related. Um, and this happened to me one time when I was in Spain. But there's actually two types. There is like sexual arousal, like almost orgasm, um, like kind of like a like feelings of it. And mm-hmm. then there's legitimately orgasming. I I think I might have experienced the first. Right. Um, so I was in Spain and I was cycling. This is one of the major ones. Oh, yeah. Um, you have the pussy stimulation. Yeah. So not only is it uh, stimulating your clip, but you, you also have like ab, um, your... Uh, core you're focusing on your core yeah, yeah holding yourself up so I experienced this thing I had also smoked and I was like <laughs> oh my god I have to go to the gym every single day I can't <laughs> believe I wasn't working out before um now the funny part about this story is while I was abroad my friends and I started a wordpress blog thing that we could write our, our stories and just share it with each other easily instead of you know constantly communicating um so I wrote about my corgasm and corgasm. Then the next morning I had my social media class where I also created a blog um, about like just my time in Barcelona. I don't know. And I had an assignment due. Um, and I go in and my teacher was like, Arielle, I noticed that you had uploaded something. And I start freaking out because what had happened, I accidentally uploaded the corgasm no. to the blog. <laughs> and then I realized right before class and I switched it. So when I come in and he's like, I saw you uploaded something and then it wasn't there. Um, I like freaked out, <laughs> but he was really, really hot. So it wouldn't have been the worst yeah, thing. Yeah. Maybe that could have started some dialogue, <laughs> but definitely, uh, glad that he didn't read it. <laughs> um, all right. Just have a couple more. So sleep, sex dreams. Yes. Wet dreams. Are you stimulated by your bedding? They don't really know there's not enough research done. Nuts. Do you have any more information on that? No, but I think it's interesting and we should do an episode about it. Yeah. Okay. If we can find research on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, 
And then other forms just being like stimulating your nipples, asshole, feet. We've talked about how uh, stimulating the feet activates the same areas in your brain as um, stimulating your clit does. And I'm done. We're at 58 minutes right now. So should we do the advice question? It's such a good one. Yeah, let's do it. it. I love it so much. But if your question's about sex, not snakes, then ask it here on Sex Questions. Hello, gals. Hi. I'm a real fan of the pod. Thank you. Oof, after sending this, I'm sending some love, stars, reviews, good vibes your way. Good. And I've just been blowing through all your episodes. I have a question. And if you don't have time to answer, that's okay. Anyway, so recently I've been getting a lot, or I guess just three, it's a lot in my book, of requests on seeking arrangements to dom men. And them wanting to serve me because of my strong personality. Hmm. I've always considered myself a sub because I guess I like it, but I'm interested in trying the dominant life out and want to do the best job I can. Are there any resources that can teach me how to talk and how to act? Should I just watch porn? But that also feels weird to get instruction from that particular context. Are there websites, dom handbooks for cool girls, or should I not because it's not coming naturally to me? And if you covered this already, I'm sorry, (laughs) which we haven't. Um, I think that watching porn is a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think it's just about um, finding the right stars. So there's this one that my ex is really obsessed with. So I think the thing is with doming, you have to understand like what the other person wants because some people like being like the psychological aspects of being super degraded. And right. I think in a heterosexual situation, that's like because we're not physically stronger than men, usually women. Mm-hmm. Um the way we can get to them is with our words. So mm-hmm. I think it's called American Mean Girls. I'm going to look it up. That's always a thing where, where dudes um, bully with their fists and girls do it by with manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's this there's this um, Twitter account. They also have our porn stars, American Mean Girls. And it's this group of women who just like abuse and use men. Wow. Um, and the way they talk to men is really sexy and like degrading. So definitely watch that. Um I don't think anything comes naturally sexually. Not all, I mean, some things do come naturally sexually, but I think that like being submissive doesn't necessarily come naturally either. Yeah. It's all about experience and you have to start somewhere. Like you're not a natural the first time you have sex. Yeah. Yeah. I would look at BDSM blogs. I guess Tumblr got rid of porn. That was yeah. such a great resource, but just, you can look up uh BDSM rules um, and lists. For stars, I like, um, abella danger and sasha gray yes um just look them up on pornhub and then go to when you go to their page it shows like their latest videos but click at videos there's like another tab and then Mm. just scroll through that and you can do like porn star plus bdsm yeah um yeah and just peruse it's kind of hard to to give porn advice because if you don't know what you like we don't know what you like. Yeah, but if you're doing it more for research rather than getting off. Oh, true. <laughs> you know, true. you could also ask these men who want to get down by you. Yeah. To send in. You can be like, oh, yeah, do you have some homework to do then and give them the assignment of sending mm-hmm. you porn videos that they like? Yeah. That was really helpful for me with my ex because he would show me 
videos of women that he liked and I'd be like oh that's what you like yeah um I also would look on reddit there's a I forget what it's called but there's definitely a bdsm like female dominant Uh, femdom femdom reddit that has like different rules people do and you could also print out one of those things I think they did it in 50 shades of gray I never watched it but you can print out like a negotiation sheet where you can go through and the person says like is this a hard limit? Is this a soft limit? Is this something that excites me? Is That's this something so I would try? important. That's really fun. I did that with my ex too. And we both just like went through it and talked about what we liked and what we didn't like. Yeah. And it was interesting because it gave us some ideas too. Like there were some things on there that I never, he never would have thought of. I never would have thought of. Like what? But it was on the list. Like, like renting your partner out to other people. You know, that's not something we ever did, but we thought it was like hot to talk about. So that was like a soft limit, you know? It is, yeah. Um, wearing women's underwear, he was like, that's a soft limit. And I was like, oh, so that's a punishment, <laughs> you know? Uh, stuff like that. How would his dick fit in your underwear? It doesn't. Oh. <laughs> it's LOL. part of the degrading, the degrading part of it. I don't know if I can. Or you stuff it back. At my housewarming party, I don't remember if I told you this, but the <laughs> the guy who I'm hooking up with's friend um, just said like something to me, and I was like, "You're into humiliation, aren't you?" <laughs> and he was like, "How did you know?" Oh my god, <laughs> that totally got him hard. And then he starts just going around to everyone, being like, "Yo, that girl just clocked me. She knew I'm into humi- humiliation," and then was trying to get me to humiliate him the rest of the night. And yeah. I was like, "I'm just too polite. Like, I don't." I'm not going to do this for free, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) What I admired was how open he was about his sexuality with all of his guy friends. Yeah. Like they all knew he was into it. That's fun. Yeah, it was cool. That's sexy. Uh, Go forth and dominate. Yeah. And let let us know how it ends up. Um, Email us at dsmhpod at gmail.com. Guys, let us know what you think about this episode. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Um, again, the code for clone a willy is whorgasmic for 20% off. We'll put it in the show notes. Everything is in the show notes. Everything is linked. Um, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. SMH pod. And yeah, that's it. That's it. Bye. We'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs)